Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. You asked, we delivered. So many people constantly ask me to have Harley Pasternak back on the show. I think people really appreciate his no BS common sense approach to wellness and health and fitness and nutrition. So he is officially a Blonde Files three-peat. He can add that to his list of accomplishments. If you guys are not familiar with Harley Pasternak, he is a celebrity trainer and nutritionist. I've been working with him for a couple years. He holds a Master of Science in Exercise Physiology and Nutritional Sciences. He also has an honors degree in Kinesiology, and he is a New York Times bestselling author whose books include Five Factor Fitness, Five Factor Diet, The Five Factor World Diet, The Body Reset Diet, The Body Reset Diet Cookbook, and Five Pounds. His titles have attained a global bestseller status, which has led to translation in 14 languages in over 25 countries around the globe. His client roster includes Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Kim Kardashian, Megan Fox, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and John Mayer, just to name a select few. I'm going to go ahead and lump myself in with that group as well. The only time in my life that I will be in a category with those people. So he is on the show today talking about practical fundamentals of health and wellness. We talk about how to eat and exercise for optimal results, how to eat around workouts. We talk about protein. We talk about different types of workouts. We talk walking versus other kinds of cardio. We talk about different types of workouts like Pilates, strength training, yoga, and more. He spills some tea on Hollywood's latest weight loss trends, including Ozempic. We dive pretty deep into that one and hormone replacement, which I haven't really heard people talk about publicly. And we also talk about what trends he supports that have validity. We talk about differentiating between weight loss and fat loss, whether exercise is good for losing weight. This is kind of a hot topic right now because a lot of people are claiming that it is not good for weight loss. We talk how to properly fuel our bodies, his celebrity clientele, and so much more. It's a juicy episode. It's a really fun episode. He's so fun to talk to, and I know you guys are going to love this episode, so please enjoy Harley Pasternak. So we'll probably cover some of the stuff that we covered before. Sure, sounds great. <laughs> You're loving this, aren't you? You can because you can hear yourself so well. <laughs> oh my god, this is fantastic! <clears throat> and then we're gonna do like a Q and A because I got hey, so Peter, many questions. What's happening? Oh god, we're gonna need you to come in on Saturday. 
I need that stapler. Sorry. That's good. Okay. Keep going. No? Doesn't he go, okay? Okay. <laughs> it's, my, it's my stapler. <laughs> my, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set fire to the This office. is going to be the promo. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to be in Beverly Hills for a 515, a 4.15 appointment. Okay. So. <laughs> Are you going to talk like this the whole time? Yes, okay, or sorry. just the beginning? Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're like doing ASMR t- with yourself, with your own voice. <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome, Harley. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here in person. Third time's a charm. IRL. I was trying to remember if it's the second or the third time. Mm. The last time we did it was what, like a year and a half ago? I believe so. Year ago? Look, whatever the most listened to one, that's that's the, the date. No, but seriously. Really? For real? <laughs> I don't know, right? Anna, so it's sweet. up there. Thank you. Both of them. them. That's top five. Three Pete. I love it. All right. Third time's a charm. Well, I'm very excited to have you here. And the audience was very excited too. I had people send in questions. So we might cover some of the stuff that we covered before. But yeah, let's see. You want to know why Ariel's in such great shape? It's because where she records this is the least accessible space I've ever been to. You you drive underneath what looks like a futuristic building, you park, you go through doors, you walk through a lobby where they instruct you to go to another building, to another lobby, where you take an elevator to a lobby where then they put you in another elevator to a lobby where you walk over here. Yeah, so remember when I was getting like 20K steps? Yeah. It was like 18 were here. Oh, just to get here? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you should be appreciative of this. Thank you. Because you're welcome for the workout. I appreciate it. And for the steps. Thank you. Let's just start out with what are your fundamentals of health and wellness? Well, there's the five habits I always talk about. You know, there's getting your daily steps, your sleep goals, unplugging and stress management, food and resistance exercise. So those are the five. I call them the my five. And to the extent that you hit each one of those goals, you can look in the mirror before you go to bed every night and you can say, I'm successful. I did everything that I have direct control over. And that's all you can worry about. Not a scale, not a measurement. Those are indirect things. But as a direct measure, those five habits. Of those five, are they all equally important or what is the hierarchy of importance when it comes to those? Because I know for me, like if I don't sleep well, everything else is shot. My appetite is off. I don't have energy to work out. So that's kind of like the foundational thing for me. But I don't know if that's for everybody. Some people can function on four hours of sleep and like be fine. I think it's different for everyone. I think um, it's like a flower right? What's more important, air, water, or sunlight? You know, at a, you need all three. And if you only get two, it's not going to thrive. And if, you know, so I, I think it's for everybody. You need to move. You need to eat well. You, you need all those things. If you were to triage them, I would say if this was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I would probably say food because, you know, you won't live without food and water. You probably can live without sleep. You'll go crazy, but you can live without sleep. But they're all important. I don't know if you've seen this lately, but a lot of people are coming out and saying that exercise is not good for weight loss. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. When people talk about exercise, they're using a very generalized term for movement. But there's really two kinds of exercise. There's exercise designed to burn calories, and there's exercise designed to tighten tone and strengthen and those are two very different things and i don't like to classify them together as equal or as exercise i look at them as one of steps and that's for heart health and that's to burn calories and that helps with weight management helps and the second is resistance exercise challenging your muscle or muscle groups through resistance exercise whether it be weight training body weight training pilates yoga powerlifting, all of those things are using different implements, but are all using resistance and to some extent gravity to challenge your body. You need them both. And the answer is neither one of them are the key to weight loss. The key to weight loss is proper, proper eating. You can't outrun a bad diet, but as far as maintaining weight loss and achieving body fat loss, not just weight loss, I think both of those are very important. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely like naysayers and people who say, no, I didn't change 
the way that I eat. I didn't cut any calories whatsoever. And I started working out and I lost weight. Did they just change their body composition or were they in a calorie deficit and they didn't know? They were in a calorie deficit. I mean, it's, it's, it's not so simple. It's not just calories in, calories out, but it's mainly calories in, calories out. And if you have two people consuming 2,000 calories a day and one of broccoli and salmon and avocado and, and, and the other one of chocolate cake, they won't have the same health status. Maybe their blood lipid profiles will be different. Maybe their inflammation markers will be different. Their A1Cs will be different. All of these health markers will be different, but they probably will have lost a similar amount of weight, but a different composition of weight. And I think that's the important thing is that we talk about weight loss rather than fat loss. And people should focus more on fat loss. And I'm sure you're going to ask me today about this new drug that people are taking. And I think that's where that conversation comes in. Let's go there because that was definitely one of the main questions that I got from people. I feel like we did talk about it before, maybe a year ago. I think we touched on it. Maybe, but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't what it is now. Now it's like every article that I see and every newspaper and magazine, online magazine, it's all about Ozempic, which is only one of the we brand go v, names, right? Of the, we go v Ozempic, the peptides, of, yeah. What is it? The semaglutide? Semaglutide, mm-hmm. yeah, Okay, sorry. so yeah, let's go there. Yeah, so I'm sure everyone has read a lot about this. If you're a physician, you know about it. If you've seen a doctor, you've, you've asked them about it. It is a drug primarily used for type 2 diabetes for a long time with relative safety. And they found that the byproduct or the side effect of taking this drug was weight loss. And so carrying extra weight is, is certainly one of the main contributors to syndrome X. So heart disease, diabetes, certain cancers. And if this is a magic drug that can help you lose weight and theoretically possibly reduce your chance of getting these other diseases, then that could be a good thing. The problem is, number one, is when you take it, you basically lose a lot of your appetite. That's where most of the weight loss comes in. It's an anorectic. And you feel nauseous and you feel a lot of things and you don't eat as much. So you lose weight, calories in versus calories out. The problem is if you're someone who had trouble, you know, with appetite control and you take this drug to control your appetite, you theoretically would have to take it for the rest of your life because the moment you go off, you're back to being the person you were before and going back to that ravenous appetite. But here's the caveat. The caveat is this. Forget about the fact that, you know, it increases your risk of getting thyroid cancer. My brother's a thyroid cancer surgeon. You know, he, he talked to me about this quite extensively. Forget about that. The two most interesting studies that just came out looked at weight loss on Ozempic and both found profound weight loss using Ozempic. However, almost, almost 50% of the weight loss was non-body fat weight was lean muscle tissue amongst others. So you could lose 20 pounds on Ozempic and if eight of it is lean muscle tissue, your body composition is actually worse after taking Ozempic and your risk for certain metabolic diseases is actually the same if not worse. It's more about body composition than pure weight loss. So Mm -hmm. here you are going off Ozempic, you're going back to eating the way you did before, but the problem is you now have less lean muscle tissue, therefore your metabolism is slower So you're in much worse condition than you were before. Again, talk to your physician. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't prescribe drugs. I'm just giving you my opinion. And my opinion is if you have 100 pounds to lose and you are type 2 diabetic or borderline diabetic and have every risk factor for all these other diseases and you have tried everything and nothing is working for you, then maybe Ozempic, the benefits outweigh the risks. If you have 25 pounds to lose, 30 pounds to lose, again, I'm not a medical doctor. I would advise you to to do something else. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do know people, though, who had 20 pounds to lose, maybe. BMI, like in the high 20s, and went on it and then kind of titrated off and they were working out and eating really healthy the whole time. And they continued all of that. And so far, they say they've kept the weight off. Right. So it's not like this instant rebound as soon as they're done with the medication, well, that, but they also modified their lifestyle as I well. Think, I think that's that's the outlier. Mm-hmm. You're basically talking about someone who's completely changed their habits. Mm-hmm. They could have just changed their habits without going on the drug. Right. Right. So I, I think that's the challenging thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you're someone who lives a certain way with certain lifestyles and, and, and certain habits, and you are who you are. 
<laughs> and you're taking a very powerful drug to temporarily change that. When you go off the drug, if all of a sudden you commit to really changing your lifestyle, you could have committed to really changing your lifestyle before the drug. Mm-hmm. I read some article today about it and they quoted an actress. They didn't say who it was, but she said, yeah, I've been on it and I suddenly don't care about food. And I feel like this person who's like totally neutral about food, which I never had been in my life. And I like look better than everyone, feel better than everyone. Right. <laughs> I was like, great. But like, are you just, yeah. Are you going to take it for the rest of Wait, your can life? Can we guess who the actress yeah, was? Yeah, let's guess. All right. Give me a hint. All of them. Me- <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say who, but I mean, you could look like, okay, SAG Awards were last night. You could look at that red carpet and you could tell who's on it, which is like a lot of people. I mean, yeah. let's say allegedly Mindy Kaling. Right. So you saw pictures of her six months ago. She's always had one body type and I'm mm-hmm. sure she's always, are you, do you train I can, her? I, can't, I cannot comment on Mindy <laughs> he has a look on his I face. cannot comment on Mindy This Kaling. is all allegedly. Yeah. She looked great. Name people I've never she, worked with. Well, you've worked with everybody. So but, you know Kim I, Kardashian. Can't, can't talk about Kim. <laughs> Chloe Kardashian. You know what? My friend. Okay. So I was with a friend of mine yesterday and her mom was at somebody's house who's friends with the Kardashians. And she had a picture with Chris and Chloe. And we know Chloe, like all of them allegedly do the surgeries are probably all on Ozempic or whatever, because I know their doctor. Allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. But this was like a candid picture. No Photoshop, no nothing. Her arms were fucking so cut and I was like you can do all the lipo and the ozempic and everything but that takes work like you have I mean you can't the muscle definition that she had in her arms and you know my arms are like my my least favorite your arms are your Achilles heel yes yeah. for sure but I, she looked amazing I was I like think wow you got to put the work in if you want to yeah. sculpt tone and titan you've, you've done the work now yeah I will as a side this is this is not directed at this person but as a side I find that there are a lot of people now in entertainment taking hormones that increase lean muscle tissue production mm. and some women taking some male hormones that are helping them accrue mm. lean muscle tissue. Like taste- taking testosterone? Yes. Oh. Tasting testosterone. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm on spironolactone, which is, I think, lowering my testosterone, Lowering right? your testosterone. Oh. Yeah. That's now, I'm not saying um, these people were, I'm not directing this at them, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've been seeing this lately. Mm-hmm. So that's like the newest trend? Uh, the, this is a trend. Actually, it's not a new trend because I remember back in the late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. I wasn't born yet, but I've read about this. Right. History books. There was some women in the entertainment industry who changed the ideal of a female body as strong and really did a lot of strength training for certain very iconic roles. And I believe there was an introduction of testosterone at this time for women to accelerate the, the rate at which they could accrue lean muscle tissue. And you could see it and they looked buff. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming names or movies, but this was used then. Just as with men. So during the Reagan era, during the Cold War, all the leading men in Hollywood were just yoked. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, right? All these these do. And then kind of the leading men in Hollywood went away from that for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. They, they didn't want to look well, like... Well, especially now. Look at the leading men like Austin Butler. I mean, the guys this year that are nominated, he's so skinny. Paul Mescal, he's kind of skinny and diminutive. I don't know who these people are. What, what were they in? Whatever all the movies are that are nominated this oh, year and shows and stuff. Have you I don't seen even... a movie? This... I haven't seen a movie this year. Um... Were they on Love Island, UK version? No, I forgot that you love that. Those are your your celebrities (laughs) that you, right? If they're not on the Lakers and they're not on Love Island, UK version, I don't think, or a cooking show. If they're on a cooking show, like Great British Baking Show, I might know who they are. Are you going to be a Clippers fan now, though, now that Westbrook is with them? It's a very, Russell Westbrook's my favorite athlete in the world. Yes. I mean, come on. (laughs) Come, how do you not love Russell Westbrook? I didn't love him, but that's because I didn't love him on the Lakers. Exactly. So I didn't love him on the Lakers either. Yeah, I can appreciate the athleticism, yeah. but it was not a good fit. And because no. I'm such a Lakers fan, it was very discouraging to watch. I completely agree. Yeah. For Russell and for the Lakers. Completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. But his first game with the Clippers, because I'm, I'm sure everyone out there is a big Lakers fan and Clippers fan wants to hear <laughs> this. His first game with the Clippers, you know, Clippers, 14 assists. He left the game. They, they were up by six. And the second game, five steals, you know, looking good. So we'll see. If you guys have been following me for a while, then you know that my love for this next product runs deep. And that is Go Macro. 
Mygo macro bars are often the highlight of my day. I absolutely love them. I have been eating these for years. My favorite is the almond butter coconut chocolate chip. I also love the oatmeal chocolate chip, but all of the flavors are really delicious. And I love the backstory of Go Macro too. So in the face of adversity and a fight for survival against cancer, a mother and daughter took their love to the kitchen and Go Macro was born. Now they are spreading the power of a balanced plant-based lifestyle across the country with Go Macro. So they have 17 full-size mouth-watering flavors and they have five kids flavors as well. They're packed with 100% plant-based ingredients to fuel your body body and your mind. They also are really amazing around food allergies and dietary restrictions. So they have three nut-free flavors, including the oatmeal chocolate chip, one of my favorites. Ooh, maple sea salt. I forgot about that one. Love that one. And sunflower butter plus chocolate. And then they have 10 certified FODMAP-friendly flavors. So this is huge because I know how hard it can be if you're eating low FODMAP to find snacks and bars that you can enjoy. Macro bars are made from simple, high-quality ingredients that are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, and soy-free. And now they are launching a brand new mouth-watering flavor, mint chocolate chip. This is crisp mint that meets creamy chocolate for a cool endeavor that refreshes and soothes the soul. The mint chocolate chip macro bar combines 11 grams of plant-based protein with organic cashew butter and a touch of peppermint for the chillest companion wherever you go. So you can get your hands on this delicious new flavor by going to gomacro.com and using the promo code BLONDE for 30% off plus free shipping on all orders over $50. Again, that's gomacro.com. G-O-M-A-C-R-O, and the promo code is BLONDE. I have been pretty vocal about the fact that I really don't have digestive issues anymore. Thank God I don't bloat often, but there are times when I know I'm going to. So often when I'm traveling and I'm eating out all the time and eating things that I don't normally eat, I can experience bloating or when I just want to enjoy something that I don't normally eat. Like last night, Chuck and I did a movie night. We ordered this incredible mushroom pizza from Pizzana. Real dairy, real gluten, real good. But I knew that I was probably going to get some bloating. So I took two bloat capsules from Array right after I ate, and I really didn't experience any discomfort. These have been my go-to for years. I love them, especially when I'm traveling, because when you're traveling, the last thing that you want is to be dealing with digestive discomfort. So Array's products are formulated by naturopathic doctors. They contain herbs and natural ingredients to holistically treat different issues. So they have one for bloating, of course. They have a great supplement for helping to ease anxiety that has magnesium and L-theanine. They have a great supplement for sleep. They also have this new gut boost product. So when I was working with my nutritionist years ago, he taught me that digestion starts in the mouth, not in the gut. And This product helps to stimulate your taste buds in order to signal your digestive system to start before you even eat. So that's amazing. And the bloat capsules actually contain different herbs that I was taking separately as supplements when I was dealing with gut issues to try to treat the symptoms. And the bloat capsules have all of those in one. So it's amazing that way. So right now you can go to array.com and use the code BLONDEFILES at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase and a free sleep mini. Again, that's array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com. The code is BLONDEFILES to get 15% off your first purchase and a free sleep mini. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. 
Okay, so where were we? So women were taking testosterone. Yeah, women taking testosterone, women taking growth hormone, women taking peptides, which mm -hmm. are supposed to increase the, your own endogenous growth hormone production, women taking Synthroid who do not necessarily medically need Synthroid. What's that? Synthroid is basically synthetic thyroid hormone. Okay. So if someone has hypothyroidism, they might take Synthroid mm -hmm. to help replace the, the thyroid hormone that their body's not replacing, which can actually increase their metabolism, weight loss, can do a lot of things for them. So there's a panacea, there's a cornucopia of drugs that people are taking today to alter the way they look. I remember growing up and it was about the athletes, what they were taking and they were testing positive for and they were using. No one tests actresses and models and influencers. Mm -hmm. it's, you, there's no laws, you know, that you, you can't take something. So it's an interesting world for me to watch these days. Yeah. And I would imagine that you have clients who are doing all of these things and taking all of these things. So how do you work with somebody who's you know, doing that? I, I can't speak for all of them, but I can tell you that having me in their lives as a voice of moderation, and I'm saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do, but I'm going to present you with all of the published data that exists on that topic. And if they come in, well, I'm thinking of taking so-and-so, I'm thinking, of, look, I was at a lunch yesterday with a bunch of guys my age. And the conversation at the table was low T. Like, are you going to go on testosterone? I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm taking it right now. And they all turned to me and they looked at me and I was like, all right, I'll put up the PowerPoint. Here we go. <laughs> and it's not me telling them to do it or not to do it. I'm like, here's the pros. Here's the cons. And now you decide. Mm -hmm. And I think quite often physicians don't do that enough because they're trying to churn people out. And it's just an easy plug and play for them. I... I had low T about 10 years ago for a short time. I was exhausted. Couldn't figure it out. I was like, oh, low T, great. Saw three doctors are like, we're just going to give you testosterone. I was a bodybuilder and never took testosterone. I didn't want to start now unless I really needed to. Because once you start, you kind of got to do it forever. And instead, I saw, I was at a dinner party with a friend of mine who was a urologist. And he goes, well, have you been tested for a varicocele? This is actually very interesting. It's a varicose vein from the veins from the testes up to the heart. I had never heard of it. He said 10% of men of every decade of age have, so 30% of men in their 30s, 40% in their 40s, 50 in their 50s, have a varicocele. And if you have a faulty valve in that vein, it can affect your testosterone production. It's like, wow, that's so cool. I got tested the next day. I had a bilateral varicocele. Both veins had faulty valves. The next day I had it surgically fixed. It's an incision smaller than my baby fingernail under my belly button. You can't even see it. And my testosterone tripled within 48 hours. Wow. And ever since then, it's, and I've never taken drugs. I've never, and How I think- How common like, is that? Did you say? I think from what I remember, this you can double check this because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm <laughs> not always right. I think it's like 40% of men in their 40s, 50% mm. of men in their 50s, 60% of their 60s have this varicocele. Varicocele? Like a varicose vein? seal. Yeah, like varicose vein. You say it like varicose seal. Varicocele. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Are there any trends out there right now that you actually support? I, mean, like cold, I feel like cold plunge is kind of a trend oh, right now, kind oh. of trendy. I know that you support yeah, yeah, that, yeah. so things like that. I have a plunge. I mm -hmm. love the plunge is cool. I know, and I um, have to come do that. Coming from Canada, I really did everything I could to avoid cold. Mm -hmm. That's our existence there. Mm -hmm. But I remember the feeling of being outside in the cold, exercising the cold, having fun, you know, being a kid, being on the ice rink outdoors until our parents called us in. And there was something very energizing about the cold, that ambient cold. There's a lot of research that have come out in the last 15 years looking at the impact of cold therapy, whether it be cryo chambers, whether it be hydrocold therapy being actually in a cold body of water and, or being outside in the cold. And there's a lot of really interesting research, one of which, and probably the most important part, is anxiety. If you're struggling with anxiety and you have these negative thoughts cycling through your head, and you get into an ice plunge, you are no longer going to be thinking about those negative thoughts. Your body goes to this fight or flight. Your body goes to the here and now. Your body goes, holy crap, it's so cold. Uh, this is all I'm thinking about is surviving the next second and then the next second and the next second. And it takes your mind out of it. And when you get out, all you can think of is how good it feels to get out. Mm -hmm. So it's like pressing the reset button on your brain. I really think that that is you know, physical aside, inflammation aside, you know, all the benefits of recovery and all that stuff. But for me, I think the real benefits of this cold therapy have to do with your emotional status and your brain. 
Yeah, that's why I started doing it. And I didn't even do like a cold plunge. I would make my bath as cold as possible, which right now it's fucking (laughs) freezing. Can we swear? Painful. Yes. Painfully cold. And I started doing it last year when like things were a little bit rocky. Everybody knows, you know, and it shocked me out of that. So you're doing a cool plunge. (laughs) By the way, the technically cool but it, I mean, painfully cold. Like it was very cold. I did it this weekend in our pool because our pool isn't heated right now. Right. And Are you it okay? was really cold. It must be horrible, <laughs> terrible. As I was saying that, I heard how it was coming oh, out. And terrible. Yeah. I decided to go with I, it anyway. <laughs> listen, the three of us, cold. the few of us put a basket together or some <laughs> things for you because we know you're going through a tough. I, and, and the research shows it doesn't have to really be as cold as people do. Mm-hmm. People think it's got to be so cold. So cold. It, it doesn't yeah. have to be. So you're Because cool. you can do a cold shower too, right? You can do a cold shower, but it's not the same right. as a cold bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about sauna? You know, interesting. I just read a bunch about this. We've been putting a lot of infrared saunas in some of the gyms we've been doing around the world. The Aloe Gym in Beverly Hills, we put three infrared saunas and people love it. It's awesome. We put three ice plunges and then we have a cryo chamber next to it. And so people kind of do that little hot, cold, hot, Mm -hmm. cold. There's a lot of evidence looking at going from hot to cold, hot to cold, hot to cold. A lot of, you know, cardiovascular stuff. As long as you don't have any underlying health issues, you can get a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Be careful. (laughs) But the infrared thing's different. So traditional saunas are more about ambient heat. The room is hot. Infrared is these red lights that basically permeate the skin in a very different way. There were a few studies published in the last 30 years that showed promise, some benefits of immune, some cardiovascular benefits, things along those lines. They were very small studies. They were very poorly done. One of them had eight people in it. One of them had 10 people in it. All that tells me is there's, there's promise in this modality that we continue, continue to look at it. The more research should be done, but I can't say for a fact infrared is going to make you healthier, but it feels nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's relaxing. I prefer that than traditional saunas. And it's nice to contrast the cold with the heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was actually planning on doing that, putting one outside so that I could do the sauna outside and then get in the cold pool. Cold. Poor. I can only imagine. So let's talk after. Yeah. Okay. Are there any trends? Let me, sorry, before I forget, you go from the cool pool (laughs) straight into a Montclair jacket. Yes. Okay. Got it. (laughs) No, straight into the hot tub. Right. And then back into the I understand. pool pool. Yeah. Okay, it's like 40-something degrees in LA. I understand. The water is freezing because we haven't heated it in months. Does the massage therapist follow you from one <laughs> to the other, or do they wait for you to She's get out? She's waiting for me in the bathroom. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me clarify that. <laughs> are, there, <laughs> are there any other trends besides like the Ozempic trend that you just think are egregious right now? Yeah... There are a bunch. First of all, the scare tactics. Every time I open my inbox on social media, people send me, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Mm-hmm. Everything from seed oils. Oh, that's a big one. To toothpaste or mouthwash. Another big one. To, gosh, protein powders. The people talking about these things are not people who should be talking about I know, health. I know we're thinking of the same I, yeah. person. And, and so I've spent my entire life, not, it's not really about learning information, but it's about how to disseminate information. Not just to read the, the abstract of a study and say, so-and-so found this. It's like, hold on a second. Let's read the whole study. What's, what, what kind of study was this, right? Was there an angle? Did someone benefit from it? How many subjects were there? What's the power? What's the statistical significance of this study? Where was it published? Was it published? You know, and, and is this the only study that found this and all the other hundred studies found something else? So really, should I, is this an outlier? And I think when I see all social media, what gets traction on social media is wow stuff. And controversy. There's nothing better for engagement than controversy. And people intentionally will post something controversial, even if they know that it's not necessarily factually accurate, to drum up controversy. Yes, controversy. That's the best thing for, oh yeah, (laughs) you know. So anyways, I think think people need to use common sense. Mm -hmm. And if you hear of something that's so outlandish, you're like, wow, I didn't know that was bad for me. Or... There's a new thing now where people eat an orange in a shower. That's the big thing on TikTok. Why? I, I don't know. 
but it's a big it thing right to now. Have benefits. I I get this this thing of like recent research published on different stuff, and then I also get this thing on trends on social media. They never match up. Trends are never match up with research, and it's it's really interesting. Hmm. No one is dying of canola oil. I promise you, no one is dying of canola oil. No one is dying from using their cell phone unless they're just distracting them while they drive. Mm-hmm. No one is dying of mouthwash. No one is, I mean, and we really have to, you have to, you have to triage, you have to rank, what are the things that I should be most concerned about with my health? Focus on those and ignore the noise. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the seed oil one is because it causes systemic inflammation, right? Allegedly. And here's the cool thing. There is no such thing as systemic inflammation. Okay. Just like there's no such thing as systemic pH, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of our body are different systems that function differently. So when Mm -hmm. you, for example, drink pH water. If our pH was off, we would be dead. Be dead. Yeah. You'd be dead. Yeah. Really. (laughs) Our stomach would, we would melt within our stomach. Mm Mm-hmm. The pH of our palms is so different than the pH of our mouth, which is different than the pH of our intestine, which is different than the pH of our joints. Everything has a different pH. When people talk about systemic inflammation, this is very, very poorly recruited. This is cherry picking research. And again, this is not, we we should be worrying about sleeping better. We should be worrying about moving more. We should worry about looking at our phones less. I mean, we should really... Focus on the important things and ignore the noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like with somebody kind of is claiming to have the monopoly on whatever it is they're talking about, or they have this thing that nobody else knows, they know the truth. That's when yeah, you should be a little yeah, suspicious. Yeah, you should be suspicious of someone that claims to have some bit of information or stumbled upon something that no one else knows about. Mm-hmm. You know, look back. Who is this person? Mm-hmm. What is their credentials? What's their background? What's the... What's the history of their career, you know? And I think those are all really important things. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think COVID was really good for some people in that it made us more independent about our health. We didn't have the same access to go see our doctors that we did. We kind of had to be more proactive. We didn't have access to gyms. We had to learn to exercise with less more often. We learned how to cook. A lot of people really learned how to cook during COVID. They went online and they... Some people learned sourdough bread recipes and, and all kinds of stuff. So I, I think I'm more optimistic. I think today we are, we're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody listening has been here before. You have some weird mystery ailment or symptoms that are happening and you stumble down a TikTok or social media rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. This was me recently. I started getting a rash in December and I self-diagnosed myself with many different diseases and got all worked up and anxious. And then I finally went to my dermatologist. It turned out it was like nothing. It was just from a virus that I had. And that was that. So there are definitely better ways to get the answers that you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience that you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them, and they treat almost every condition under the sun. This is huge because so often I think we need to see a doctor, we find somebody online only to find out that they have no appointments available for a month. So I actually found one of my favorite doctors years ago on ZocDoc, who I still see today, and it happened because he was the first available that I could find. No more social media rabbit holes or Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor that you just haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So go to ZocDoc.com slash blonde and download the ZocDoc app for 
free. Then you can find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Again, that's ZocDoc.com, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash blonde. ZocDoc.com slash blonde. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. When I first got sober, I initially thought that I just had to stop drinking and that my life would get better. But I quickly realized that what I really had to do was to uncover causes and conditions and the things in my life and the things that I was feeling and thinking patterns that were leading me to reach for something external to either numb out or to self-regulate. And in getting to know myself on such a deep level, I really learned how to navigate life in an effective, healthy way. I began to make really good choices for myself and my life really unfolded. So getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. We're always growing and changing, but therapy can really help with this. Therapy was one of the greatest tools in getting to know myself and learning all of these tools. So it's about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do, why we're doing certain things until we talk through things. So BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are now. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, definitely give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do to start out is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And I think there's a big misconception around therapy that it's only helpful if things are difficult or challenging for you, but I have found it to be equally helpful when things are really good because it just helps me to empower me to be the best version of myself. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash files today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash files. We are talking a lot about nutrition and eating healthy in this episode, and I think one of the biggest components when it comes to eating well is being prepared, and that can be really hard when you have a really busy life, and when I have weeks that are absolutely crazy, when I know I'm not going to have time to be buying groceries, cooking my own meals, I love to do Saqqara. Saqqara is a nutrition program that's like having a nutritionist and chef in one. So their meals are expertly designed to support your goals from weight management to clearer skin and boosted energy. And they are also delicious. I cannot even tell you guys how much I love their meals. It's actually such a treat that I look forward to when I have really busy weeks when I need to rely on Saqqara instead of cooking my own food because it's just so good and it still has that kind of home-cooked feel. So I definitely recommend going to Saqqara.com and you can put in your zip code and you can look at the menu for next week in your area. They have amazing targeted nutrition programs, so you can do their signature nutrition program. But if you want to do like a reset, there's a metabolism reset. You can do a fresh start cleanse. They have a performance system. They have a gut health reboot, which is amazing. So you can really tailor it to whatever your needs are. So they deliver science-backed plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management, like I said, and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Saqqara is offering my listeners 20% off your first order if you go to saqqara.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash blonde to get 20% off your first order. Sakara dot com slash blonde. Okay, so let's talk about some of those fundamentals, the sleep, the exercise, the nutrition, all of that. I got tons of listener questions. Let's go. So let's see here. No particular order. 
this is something that we talked about on the last episode. I'm going to try to condense a bunch of these questions into one. And for those of you watching this, I believe it's the <laughs> coldest week in L.A. ever. Yeah, it's brutal. So, so that's why I'm, I'm wearing layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Yes, I'm surprised being from Canada that you're still so I left. bundled up. I left. Okay. <laughs> I love Canada, but I, I left because I'm I, I'm cold. And you're repping all the aloe. Is yeah. that aloe? Come on. Is it? Of course. Oh, that's nice for aloe. I mean, aloe is nice, but it looks like it doesn't look like it's very elevated. It's very elevated. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. So let's talk about walking. Yes. Walking versus traditional cardio. Because I think when people think like weight loss, weight management, you have to be sweating a ton. You have to be killing yourself running. Talk about why you like walking. I I like walking. Well, for a few reasons. One is I took a year off my practice years ago. I think we talked about this before. And I traveled to the 10 healthiest countries in the world. I wanted to know what, what are they doing that we're not doing? And what are we doing they're not doing? They're living a decade longer than us. They're living better than us. And the one thing they all had in common is they all walked two and a half times what we walk here in the United States. Over 11,000 steps a day. The average American was about 4,200 steps a day. So they're walking 100 miles a month more than us. If 1,200 miles a year. Forget about diet. If someone walks 1,200 miles a year more than you, they're going to look different. They're going to feel different. So that was the first thing, was comparing us to the healthiest populations. The second was walking is something that almost anybody and everybody can do. You don't need to change your outfit for it. You don't need to put on special equipment for it. It can be a social thing. You meet your friends. Instead of meeting them at a coffee shop and sitting down with your coffee, get a coffee, go for a walk. It's a form of transportation. It's a form of socialization. No one really hurts themselves walking and, and I love it. And it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Talk about the appetite piece of that too. So there's, there's a very strong relationship between the intensity of activity and appetite. You've heard the saying of working up an appetite, you know, spending the whole day on the mm-hmm. farm and, and at the end of the you just ravenous for a meal. You know, you're, you're being so active, you're all the blood sugar you've consumed and you're starting to use other energy sources in your body. If you do a hardcore spin class or a boot camp class or something exhaustive, you're going to be ravenous. And that's why if you look at a lot of these spin classes across the hall, there's a juice place or a gluten, vegan, some whatever bakery where they, where you go in and you think you're being healthy and you not, you know, you burn four or 500 calories and then you eat 1500 calories. When you go for a walk, no one comes back from a walk saying, I'm ravenous. I just walked a few blocks and back. And so you have a lower intensity and therefore a lower ramification on your appetite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like if you go for a run and you run, say, five miles, you come home and that justifies whatever like giant meal you're about to eat. I know so many runners who do that. So that's the other part of it is that is that permission. Right. So when you do something intensely, you say, I deserve it. I went for a run today. I did a spin class today. I can have that dessert. If you go for a walk and you come back, you don't just say, you know what? I'm going to thaw out that birthday cake of mine from six months ago because I deserve it. I just had a walk. <laughs> yes, yeah. true. Kind of on that same note, somebody asked if a workout is a workout that doesn't hurt. Okay, this is worded no, wrong. I, I know what Does a saying. workout that doesn't hurt do anything? Should yeah, it hurt? A, a good workout doesn't have to lead to muscle soreness, but it can. It's not dependent on having muscle soreness. The soreness that comes along, there's a debate about this. It's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, which basically means 24 to 48 hours after an intense exercise or workout, usually resistance exercise, you experience muscle muscle pain. Often there's inflammation associated with that. Your muscles sometimes look a little puffy and you're holding a bit of water. And so the theory, one of the theories of delayed onset muscle soreness is this inflammation theory from this category of hormones called prostaglandins. And... I know prostaglandins. You do? Yeah. Those are what give you an upset stomach when you have period cramps. Your uterus Sounds right. contracting releases prostaglandins. Sounds and right. that's why a lot of women have stomach issues around their periods. That sounds that sounds about right. I'm a doctor, yeah. trust me. No, I, I <laughs> we have we just we just play one on the internet. <laughs> I think and so that inflammation is a good thing because it brings with it blood flow, which brings nutrients and oxygen to help the recovery and repair of the torn tissue that you've created. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be sore to have had a good workout. The, the more advanced you are at exercising, the less likely you are to be sore. 
the new the newer you are to an exercise or a new intensity of exercise or a new type of exercise the more sore you're going to be quicker and for longer so if i go and and i do a tough pilates class today i'm going to be really sore because it's a new thing for me that my body's not used to. Mm-hmm. If I do that class day in and day out for long, I won't get sore anymore. It doesn't mean I'm not reaping the benefits of it. It just means I won't be sore. Mm-hmm. If the soreness is unilateral, you only feel it on one side of the body, it's not good soreness. If the soreness lasts more than four days, five days, it's not good soreness. A lot of people did ask, is Pilates resistance training yeah. or like, should you always be doing strength? And is there a particular breakdown that you would support if somebody likes to do Pilates or yoga or whatever, but they also want to incorporate weights? Like what would a perfect ideal week look like for you? If, if I was to take a scale and I was to put a dumbbell on a scale, a 20 pound dumbbell on a scale, it would say 20 pounds. If I was to put a 20 pound watermelon on the scale, it would say 20 pounds. If I was put a 20, a stack of books that weighed 20 pounds, it would say 20 pounds. Our body doesn't know the difference from what kind of resistance we're using. It just knows the intensity of the resistance. So whether you be doing, you know, people say, I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to bulk up. I'm just using my body weight. I got news for you. Body weight is heavier than most (laughs) free weights. If you try and do a pull up with your own body weight, most people can't do one. That's Mm -hmm. a body weight exercise. Mm -hmm. If you do jump squats with your own body weight, you're dead. It means your legs are going to be on fire. If you walk lunge, you know, we've done it with Mm -hmm. your own body weight. There is no machine, weight machine will ever do that'll make your legs and butt as sore as just using your own body weight. So whether it be Pilates, whether it be certain kinds of yoga, whether it be dumbbells, kettlebells, body weight, elastic bands, these are all forms of resistance that are challenging your muscle or muscle groups and connective tissue. And all of them can be helpful in, in strengthening, tightening, toning your body. Now, for larger muscle groups like glutes, upper back, they respond better to higher resistance. So not to say that Pilates can't be great for your butt. It teaches you to really connect with your butt. Mm-hmm. I feel like it gets different muscles. Smaller, too. smaller stabilizers. Yeah. Pilates is really about small stabilizers. That's why it's great for your core. Yeah. But if you want a peach butt, you want a real, mm-hmm. you got it. You got to push some weight with it. Your mm-hmm. hamstrings, your glutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about eating? eat before a workout or after a workout or both? If you're working out in the morning, should you do it fasted? What are your thoughts? So we know that fasted cardio, fasted exercise has no benefits whatsoever over not fasting. There there was never a thing. There's no research supporting that ever. Postprandial versus preprandial exercise is what they call it. Sounds very fancy. It's very fancy. (laughs) Just like today, someone was saying, yes, I participated in coitus over the weekend. It's like, (laughs) oh, you you got laid. Yeah, One of your clients? Just, yeah, but it's just classier when they say coitus. And they uh, said it seriously? Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're British. You know, British uh, people are. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 So um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Food before, right. after, coitus. postprandial like, how or preprandial. No advantages. Everyone's different. <laughs> Some people can stomach things better than other people before exercise. It depends what kind of exercise you're going to do. I think focus on breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and at least one snack a day, decide where you're going to eat those and then put your workout in there. Right. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't eat something too heavy in protein or fiber or dairy right before you work out. (gasps) Do you remember? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. This summer, I think it was this summer or last fall. Yeah. I thought it would be a great idea to get these chicken quesadillas that you turned me on to from... (laughs) Blue Jam Cafe, <laughs> but I did it with all the things on it, all the toppings, everything. Guacamole. And I was like, yeah, guacamole, black pico beans, de gallo, yeah. black beans. Big chunky onions. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. and then you're like just finishing the last so bite. Big. Let's do squats. <laughs> I thought Bruh. it would be like protein. I don't know what I was thinking. And yes, and you had me lunging back and forth. Yep. That may have been the day that you had Ashley and I pushing and pulling that. Yeah. Whatever that is. That's a sled. Yeah, this yeah. one. Yeah. Oh my God. That was not, I was not doing well. And British people would probably call it a, 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 a lorry or a, <laughs> oh, a lorry. Oh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was pre, pre-prandial? <laughs> yeah, that was pre-prandial. That was, no, I, I, I would just say days. don't eat too much just before you work out. Okay. What about protein? People were asking about like, should it be one gram of protein per pound or do you not really care? I think it depends on for who 
and for why and for when. To get lean. Everyone wants to know how to get quote unquote lean. Well, there's some interesting studies that showing that if people are regularly working out, the longer you've been working out for, the more efficient your body is at utilizing protein, the less you need. Hmm. So your needs actually drop a bit, which is interesting. But the second you change the kind of exercise or intensity you're doing or volume you're doing, the needs go back up again. Mm-hmm. Your needs are very high when you are going through puberty and going through growth as a child. Your needs change throughout your life. But for the most part, it's supposed to be 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day, which is the minimum. So I'm 100 kilograms, so I should be at least 80 grams of protein a day. That ain't enough for me. I would say it ranges somewhere between 1 to 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Say that you went on vacation or something. Yes. You're not working out. I know this wouldn't happen. Right. But say that you completely fell off of your steps. Yeah. Your never cooking, oh, never. your nutrition. Never. <laughs> okay. Say that somebody okay. did. Yes. What are the best ways to get back on the wagon for people who feel like they've fallen off? I think with really small, measurable, doable, daily goals. I think when you try and do too much too quickly, it doesn't last. And I think that's why New Year's resolutions always fail because people January 1st are like, that's it. I'm going to be a raw vegan, run a marathon. I'm going to be a paleo and I'm going to you know, get an IV person to come every day to my house and, and shoot me up with glutathione. It's never going to work. So what I always tell people, start with some one small behavior that's measurable and add in another small behavior that's measurable a few days later. Mm-hmm. So I might say, here's what I want you to do. If it's a really sedentary person, every morning before you leave your home, I want you to walk around the block. And every night when you come home from work, before you go in the house, walk around the block. That's one behavior. That's Start with that. You feel this sense of accomplishment. You feel this elevated sense of confidence Hey, I've been doing it. I've been doing my day, my morning and night little while. Okay, now let's add something else in. Every morning, you're going to have this breakfast smoothie. Okay, I'm adding that in. I do my walks. I have my breakfast smoothie. A week later, now we're going to add something else in. Tonight, you're going you're gonna to shut your phone off at 8 p.m. Okay, I've got the new behavior. So it's really, it's, a, it's an addition. It's an aggregate of all of these small things over time that you can succeed at being regular at them before you add in the next thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do some like rapid fire ones here. Oh, people want to know Jess's exact workout split. Well, I would never (laughs) disclose what my wife's workout split is, but I will tell you I've written it. I do not train my wife. I just give her the program to do and she, she does it on her own. And she is the fittest one in the family. She is really consistent. She's great at doing short workouts. When we first met, she was a runner, Mm -hmm. destroyed her back and did push-ups. Her only strength exercises were crunches and push-ups and we changed it on squats. She doesn't do push-ups. She doesn't do squats. She doesn't do crunches anymore. So she does four days a week of resistance exercise. Her workouts are about 30 minutes. She picks two major body parts and one core movement and cycles through them and she's done. And so day one might be, she might walk lunge the block and then come back in and superset Harleys with pike planks. And the next day she might do... TRX rows with dumbbell stiff leg deadlifts go back and forth and then throw in a set of Superman after everyone. So she keeps it simple. She does her steps. She gets at least 12,000 steps a day. Her back is so much better when she's not running, when she's just walking and doing her resistance exercise. And she eats well. And mm-hmm. she eats bread with butter. Mm-hmm. Her body is ridiculous. Yeah, she's... And her face. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, so this is something that we talked about last time, probably both times that you were on, but... I think everybody listens and they go, okay, we want to get our steps. We get it. We don't have to be working out for two hours in the gym, 12,000 steps, 14,000, 10,000, whatever. But they work crazy hours. They have five kids. They live in Minnesota where it's, you know, negative. Where the pool's not heated. The pool's definitely not heated. How can somebody fit this into their life in a realistic way if they don't have, you know, the luxuries that maybe you or I have? I think when I give advice, I give advice for 90% of the population. Mm -hmm. I think there's always going to be 10% of the population that has things in their life that preclude them from doing everything I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I I have to be sensitive to that. And I think people have to be sensitive to that and be, be not too hard on themselves. Do the best you can do. That's all I tell people. If I look at somebody who doesn't work, who has their days wide open and tells me, oh, I didn't do my steps and I didn't have time for breakfast. I'll give them shit. 
It's like, what? I don't understand. What? What's your excuse? Somebody else who works two jobs and has to commute an hour and a half each way to work and is you know, getting five hours of sleep every night just because by the time they get home and do their kids' laundry and whatever, I mean, there's only so much they can do. And mm-hmm. I think you can't compare yourself to someone else. You have to ask yourself, am I doing the best I can do given my circumstances? Mm-hmm. The circumstances you're in probably are not going to be your lifelong circumstances. Mm-hmm. Things change. Weekends are different than weekdays, usually for most people. And maybe that's when you do better. Mm-hmm. But be easy on yourself. Take a look at your life and say, am I doing the best I can do given what I can do? Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay. Favorite celebrity you've trained? Wow. <laughs> Favorite celebrity I've trained. I've got a bunch. I mean, there's so, this is 32 years of, of this. I've got favorite ones for different reasons. I would say Robert Downey Jr. We basically spent 18 hours a day together for about a year, a long time ago at a different phase of his life. He's inspiring. I mean, Mm -hmm. from art to music, to humor, to movement. I mean, I gotta tell you, you spend a day with him, you need, you need a vacation after, (laughs) you know, cause you wake up in the morning, let's go for a hike, let's work out, let's play racquetball. I don't even know, let's play two hours of racquetball. Let's go do Bikram yoga for two hours from there. Let's go on a three hour mountain bike ride. Hey, what's that over there? Oh, it's a maple syrup farm. Let's go into the farm. (laughs) No one speaks English, that's fine. Let's, I mean, it's like- High in life. It's amazing. He's inspiring. I would say Robert Downey. I would say Common just like this most wonderful soul. He answers the phone. When you call me, answers the phone, love. Yeah. And so he answers the phone, love. And he hangs up, love. Like he's mm-hmm. just positive and he's the exact same person when you hear his music. Mm-hmm. I would say common. I would say, um, oh gosh, my limited time with Jane Fonda was pretty cool. Love her. I- I'll probably think more about this after and change my list. So none of the people that I know that I've worked out with. <laughs> Everyone for different well, reasons. Like, the, look, you work, you know, Benny Blanco comes in when you come in, but he's a record producer. Be- Benny's an interesting guy because um, he might not be a household name, but if you're in the music industry, he's a deity. Mm-hmm. And He um, changed his life. Change, he changed his life. He walks He a walks. Lot. He, everything that I talk about today, he, one day he's like, I'm ready to, to do all the things you're saying. And what he's done, which is amazing, mm-hmm. he's like a positive virus. Yeah. Once it, he realized, oh my gosh, this is changing my life. Everyone around him, he makes them do the same. Oh, mm. you need you need to start walking with me. Mm-hmm. You need to start exercising. You need and they're like you need to come work out. They're like, well, I don't know what I'm. Doing. You're going to come with me to Harley's. He brings people constantly. He's trying to influence him. He's a really positive person. His before and after is crazy. crazy. That picture that he showed me. But I think if you just know who he is and you see him over the years, you wouldn't even really necessarily notice. But yeah. if you look at the side by side, yeah, it's nuts. I'm thinking of who I would say. Um, I spent many years working with Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Those, those were great times. She's a really good person. Working with her initially is kind of what made you change your approach, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Working with you her. you guys were kind of grinding and it was not sustainable. <laughs> Which, yes, changed my approach. <laughs> yes, changed my approach because when we met, she, she has a type of diabetes and she was very busy, very busy going from film to film to film. And on the weekends when she wasn't doing the film on set, she was promoting the film she just did. So I only had her Monday through Friday and there was a 30 minute lunch break on film set. So I had to get everything done during those 30 minutes. And the, the food on set the first time we worked together wasn't great. So I had to come up with food for her for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I had limited ingredients, limited time. And I was in her trailer on set. And that's when I came up with this five factor diet and five factor fitness and 25 minutes a day, five days a week. And, you know, so she was very inspirational for me. She was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're out of time, but thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. And everybody can follow you. Yes. They can get your books. Yes. Five factor, five, five, five. Tell everybody everything. Uh, Body Reset Diet, revised edition, Uh Body Reset Diet Cookbook, five pounds, five factor world diet, five factor fitness, five factor diet. There's another book I just finished writing, which will, next time I'm on. You said that last time you were on. (laughs) Well, the book got delayed by quite a while. Understandably, yes. Uh Yeah. Lots going on. Stuff has happened in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can find you. On Instagram, Harley Pasternak. I think I have a TikTok, which is called the same Harley Pasternak. I I wouldn't go to Twitter. 
It's weird. It's like <laughs> weird people on Twitter saying weird things. I don't, I don't like Twitter. Instagram's great. Okay. I love it. All right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.